All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of I Can Do This All Day. I'm Dan, the part-time Avenger, and Mark, the resident Jedi. Hello there. Today, we are leaving reality, taking a long and arduous trip through snow and canyons and in a plane and on rollerblades to Barbie land and giving you our thoughts on this new pink cultural phenomenon. John Wick 4. I think it would be easier to review. So Barbie, we're, we're talking about Barbie in case you didn't get it. Uh, but yeah, Barbie, the doll, the toy, the primarily girls toy. Um, however, there has been like decades upon decades of Barbie toys. And finally, Mattel comes out with a movie. Uh, Mark, do you, do you think that this movie would come out? And what did you think when you saw like the trailers for it? I paid very little mind to this movie. When I saw it was coming out, I could not say that I was excited. I didn't really think about it either way. Um, When Amy Schumer was originally attached to it, I was like, well, maybe it'll be snarky then. But apparently she did not like the way it was going. So she disengaged and they got Margot Robbie, who I enjoy. But I just I I did not go into this movie with expectations of being wowed or of, um, you know, learning a deep, deep lesson. Amy Schumer, who was originally cast, uh, she found out that the movie was going to be funny. So she was like, nope, this is not in my league. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, can't do Uh, comedies. Done enough comedies. Moving on. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Arguably, she's a comedian. I don't know. Um, She is funny. But it is she's come under fire by the uh, stand up comedy crowd out there that she steals jokes and everything. So uh, I'm just going to continue to fan that fire and just flame on. So I didn't know she was um, Carlos Mencia. Oh, she she is. She absolutely is. They they like to steal jokes. There's been a lot of YouTube clips out there, but neither here nor there. We've got Margot Robbie in as Barbie. And I, I think that's probably the, the best casting choice for Barbie. Um, I will go into a little bit more of the casting because there's plenty of people in this movie. But let's go over some details uh, about how you saw this. Where did you see it? Were you sitting front row like you always do? Um, yes, of course, front row. But uh, I saw it on like a random Tuesday night, this past Tuesday night, the Tuesday well after the opening and release of the movie. I would say this was the most active crowd that I've been part of all year. Actually, probably since pandemic. So yeah. when you say active, what was what was active about it? Like they laughed at the funny parts and it was loud. <laughs> you mean like what they should do at a movie. Yeah, <laughs> like well, this. But dude, crowds have not been the same at movies lately, you know? Um we went we went to a few things on opening night and it just hasn't been at least from my experience it hasn't been the same but maybe okay. that's cuz there haven't been that many laugh out loud or like really good exciting movies that have come out either i think that might be the case but also you do have a tendency to go during um times where it's you know a few days later or whatever but tuesdays are usually pretty crowded because of this the theater specials anyways so that's it pretty was good I, I, tuesday 
Yeah, I went on a on the weekend opening weekends, uh, pretty packed theater. I don't know if every single seat was taken, but everything in the upper area was taken. A lot of people dressed up in pink. My whole family was decked out in uh, as much beach wear as you can have uh, for the boys. And then my wife was dressed up in a, a pink dress and she wore her blonde's little Barbie wig, too. So it was it was a good time and a nice little excuse for us to get dressed up and just kind of have fun with everything. That's awesome. That's awesome. So were you excited about this movie? It sounds like you all cosplayed it up. Yeah, I mean, uh, for in terms of expectations, we thought this was going to be a a fun movie. Uh, I went in with a pretty open mind. I figured that they were going to be taking the piss out of a lot of stuff. So I was like, okay, well, it's not like I was a big Barbie fan when I was younger, and and I really don't care about the toys. But I kind of knew that this wasn't going to be about the toys. This was going to be about a bunch of humor that I probably would understand anyways. Um, I thought maybe the best Barbie humor out of everything was still in Toy Story 3 and uh, some of the Toy Story animated shorts. And uh, that was with Michael Keaton as Ken. I can't remember who played Barbie in that. But yeah, I mean, I was fine with it. I was open. It wasn't one of those times where, you know, like I, I saw some guys that were being dragged into the movie theater where the the girlfriend or the wives were dressed up and the guys wearing his like trucker hat and jorts from you know his best pair of jorts to to really show out at the movie theater so uh i was okay i was i was good with it what about you any any excitements what were your expectations going in no i i watched it solely so we could talk about it because this may be the most requested movie we've we've podcasted because all, right. all of our female listenership that our family demanded it so the opening from the beginning uh Tell me, were you in right away? I, so when I when I saw this, I was like, are they doing 2001 A Space Odyssey? These are highbrow jokes. I'm kind of all about this. So when they did the evolution of Barbie and made Barbie the, the black monolith, when they made uh, uh, it from 2001, I was, and they used the music. I was like, wow. And they made the, the little girl's, fight like uh the 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 men in ape suits i was like dude this this you had me at hello i thought it was very entertaining right at uh at the beginning uh helen mirren was narrating so that was kind of cool uh but i saw that stuff in the trailer so i wasn't i wasn't surprised by anything it's funny don't get me wrong i think it's just uh that opening for the trailer was kind of like mm, okay well, if I wouldn't have seen that in the trailer, I would have been probably a little bit more into it right off the bat. Dude, this is just all the more reason that you need to stop watching trailers. I know. You know but I mean, my life, bro. Rob we watch movies. Shit. We watch movies in theaters and there's trailers before movies. So oh, I show up I 15 know. minutes late to every movie I go to. I like getting there early so that way I could feast on my popcorn and whatever snacks that I smuggle in. Um, speaking of any any smuggling of the snacks or, or was it just a regular uh, legal purchase of popcorn? It was a regular legal purchase. I was disappointed, actually, because um, AMC does their five dollar Fridays. And I was reading online that they had like a ten dollar popcorn and soda, like a small combo situation that you could do. And my AMC not participating 
it used to be where like on Tuesdays that they would do like even the uh the deals on popcorn and pop mm-hmm. and everything, but they don't even do that. When anymore. I asked, I got looked at like an asshole. So we don't even have the uh, free refills anymore, so we can't even go out and get refills. You don't? I get it with my stubs. Stubs. They don't do it. Stubs thing. In order for them to continue to keep their prices high, they're not offering free refills. So, Cinemark, come on, help a brother out. I go there all the time. Give me some fucking free refills. Another thing that shocked me right at the beginning of this movie, they did the cast thing, they did the, the wake up, and then I got slapped in the face by the fact that a Marvel superhero was in this movie. So you didn't know he was in this before? No idea. Raw dog okay. in this movie. No no trailers. And it was, I was like, wow, really? I was in, when I saw that he was on the cast list, I was like, okay, cool. This is going to be a fun, a fun movie. So I, I was down for it. I had no idea there were going to be so many people in it. But very cool to see Simu Liu in as uh, one of the Kens, one of the many Kens and and just so many other people in as Barbie and Ken. So it was pretty, pretty awesome. And then of course you have Michael Sarah as Alan, the legitimate toy Alan, who is like the one-off uh, Ken's friend and never to be heard from or seen again until this movie. Pretty sweet. And they brought pregnant, pregnant Barbie back. Don't forget which was funnier Alan or pregnant Barbie. I mean, I'm going to have to go with Pregnant Barbie in the toy world just because, hilarious, you're going to be marketing pregnant dolls to to little girls. That's just kind of funny to me. Um, That's like, you know, Papa Boner Ken. Like, that would just be the most ridiculous thing that that anyone could come up with. Like, check out Ken as he gets aroused. And and then doesn't make sense. Toys for Children does not make sense. But uh, in the movie, holy shit. The best part of the movie, Michael Sarah is Alan when um, uh, and I don't want to go too far into it, but can we just agree that him kicking the shit out of those guys was the best part of the entire movie? It was almost as unexpected as Shang-Chi's amazing dance moves. Where did he learn to dance like he was on Broadway? That guy has so much talent. It's ridiculous. He's an athlete. He's a martial artist. He's a dancer. He can act. Um, he does a lot of or has done a lot of dancing. I don't know if you've seen any of his like Instagram videos, but he'll he'll do some dancing with like dance troops and stuff. And um, even some of like the the other stuff prior to Shang-Chi, he would do some like dancing videos with with people and guys got skills. I mean, nope. I have to to hand it to him. I, I'm just saying I was I was shocked at how on point because he's he was basically dancing with like a mouseketeer the whole movie. And so did not probably miss a step. probably the worst Mouseketeer, I would say. Like, I don't, I know, don't think I don't think that he was the worst. There were many worse Mouseketeers. The worst famous one. I think that that's probably, you know, he he cannot. He can dance. He can do choreography singing. Not the best. Not the best singer. He can I, sing I, on, on point or um on key, but. I mean that's about that's about all he has going for him. Not but not exactly the the lead for a, a vocal song like he has later on in the movie. I would say that he may be the most versatile musketeer, especially that came out of that troupe. Ah, bullshit. Oh, when when Britney Spears can do movies, dancing, and crack. Sorry, Britney Spears wins. can't act. Did you she see? Did it. You, Hold oh, on. 
you're you're bringing up acting you're gonna completely avoid the fact that i said she also does crack that's the joke that's the best part I about mean, her she's the, the most versatile hands hands down most versatile how many other people in the musketeers do you know that did crack so i Brittany, mean i would guess thing. if we went down the list there's there's gonna be goldberg the musketeer but somewhere still, in there but like, still still slaying it right now queen Brittany still slaying it for oh, for all God. her fans out there still uh, uh dancing in a in a drug-induced haze yeah no. looking straight into the camera so most yeah. talented for sure <laughs> leave Brittany alone <laughs> when it comes to talents and uh and humor it's it's one of those things where you have like a really perfect blend of everyone in this movie you have such a diverse cast you have a lot of big names a lot of big surprises um but yeah I, I, the fashion is another thing right so you had the fashion that was kind of on points and on brand with everything in regards to barbie uh, one thing in particular though is the birkenstocks so when when you see the birkenstocks uh what were your thoughts so I thought it was hilarious that it was the anti Barbie shoe, right? So we're 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 skipping past some some plot, but uh, regardless, Barbie gets depressed and puts on comfortable shoes. Are they comfortable? I don't even know if those are comfortable. Oh, dude, I love me some Birks. I'm wearing Birkenstocks now. I think it should have been Crocs. I I honestly think they should have put Crocs in there because that's where you know that you've pretty much given up on life or at least your physical appearance towards other people. Crocs. I feel like there's there's a there's got to be a transition. You can't go from from high heels all the way down to Crocs and they don't own that license. I'm sure Birkenstock was like, yeah, we'll make pink sandals and make a (laughs) buttload of money. Like you you said that, I think that's the best thing to do though, right? Because Barbie's going from this perfect world where she's the shit and she's the only thing that matters and the matriarchy and, and Barbie land. You go to Crocs, you go to Crocs and maybe even some mismatched Crocs or maybe see even some like red, white, and blue stars and stripes Crocs. That's where you should have gone. I mean, I also have red, white, and blue stars and stripes Crocs. Bust those out for 4th of July every year. I bet you do. I bet you do. That's not even a joke. It's not. Uh, it's so true. They're com- I, I I still have not uh, bought a pair of Crocs or, uh, and I've not you accepted. Didn't, they a- didn't just give you a pair when you moved to Florida. I thought that no. was just part of, like, you get Crocs and a lightweight fishing shirt that's long sleeve. Like, isn't that <laughs> yeah. what they just give everybody that goes to Florida? Isn't that part of the like welcome wagon? Uh, I thought it was like the Oakleys and a pair of flip flops. That's what it was. But okay, okay, with the strap in the back though that uh, floats. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot about the uh, the welcome package. Did come with a Salt Life bumper sticker. Oh yeah, you put up there. <laughs> God and damn the it. hat that you can't wear backwards because it's got a flap, so you'd look like you were in the Klan, which oh, may actually yeah. be useful in Florida. I'm not sure. I think it should have gone to Crocs because it would have been just like a lot funnier of a joke. Birkenstocks is stylish and fashionable somewhat to a certain degree. Right. And the fact that they were pink. Yeah, I get it. It it kind of made sense, but yeah, well, we can move on from that. I just, I want to make it known that I want to see like, you're all about a hero's journey. Barbie should have taken a hero's journey all the way up from Crocs. That would have been more impressive in my opinion. (laughs) 
the 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 Barbie journey, right? The the move because the the beginning was great. All the Barbies are all the things. They're all achieving things, and then Barbie starts talking about death, which I thought was funny. And then we meet my possible favorite character, Weird Barbie. I was happy with that casting, and I think it was perfect. I think she she always plays a great weirdo, you know, and and she does it proudly. Uh, and I don't, I really just think that she's herself, which is there's no nothing wrong with that. Uh, I, I don't think McKinnon. there's ever been a time where I'm like, Jeff's kiss. yeah, like, uh, you know what? I've had enough of Kate McKinnon. Like, no, I've never thought that ever. I've always thought she's like the best on any SNL skit. She was the best in the female Ghostbusters. Uh, God, I, I mean, I could keep going on and on, but it's like for that type of casting, it's good that they showed like the opposite side of like, yeah, that type of thing happens. Like there's always that toy that you use and abuse and then you make all fucked up. And there you go. There's weird Barbie. <laughs> so did you did you have a favorite Barbie from this movie? Uh, wh- whoever the John Cena Ken was that or that that was pretty much like my favorite, uh my favorite out of all of them. When I saw him, I was just like, yes, John Cena does it again. He is the comedic relief in every movie. He's the best in every movie, whether it's a, a 10 second cameo or he has a major part in it. Happy with it happy with it for sure as for barbie i mean i i don't really i don't have a favorite um i, I guess i'll say dua lipa as her, whatever version of barbie she was just because i like dua lipa but yeah that's it so you were partial to all the mermaids in this movie and that's that's fine that's fine so as we transition out of barbie land where barbie has to go find her person um i think the the best thing that i saw when we left Barbie land was that Will Ferrell was the CEO of Mattel. I have a love hate relationship with Will Ferrell. So I like Will Ferrell as a whole, but there's times where I'm just like, Will Ferrell, can you just dial it back a little bit? Like this isn't your movie. It just, and this is one of those movies where I was like, ah, most of it was pretty funny. But there's times where I'm just like, yep, Will Ferrell does it again. He just kind of goes over the top and he he kind of ruins the jokes of stuff. And, and there's times where he definitely elevated a scene. But it's uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't appreciate Will Ferrell as much unless he is in an ensemble cast that can play off of him well, you know, like an anchorman where you have Paul Rudd and Steve Carell. <laughs> and th- those guys can play off of him and it makes him OK. Because it, it kind of levels out his over the topness, uh, but this one it was just you know he he says some goofy shit and it's like yeah not so funny I don't know what are your thoughts on Will Ferrell as a whole I, I mean I guess you you love him but, I, I love uh, me some Will Ferrell I love me some Will Ferrell I love the fact that he had drumsticks because I was like Brendan would Brendan would be the the CEO of Brendan <laughs> from Step Brothers as the CEO of Mattel sounds amazing like i said i have a love-hate relationship with him like there's some things that some people do not find funny at all with will ferrell uh semi-pro being one of them i absolutely love that movie that movie's amazing so goddamn funny uh i'll watch it right now I'll, i'll do a review on it right now i know that movie like the back of my hand for will ferrell as a ceo or you know like the the mattel guy right you didn't find it corny at all that he's kind of really playing it up. Like you couldn't just go with like a, 
almost like a Judd Nelson or or even like an Al Pacino or Robert De Niro or something like that, where it's just like, I would have almost gone more for like the serious type as opposed to like the comedic CEO. So when your point, when the point of the movie is to play up the ridiculosity of the patriarch, you kind of want an idiot in charge. You get Tom Cruise. That's what you get. <laughs> Tom Cruise, Tom, big hands. Tom Cruise is less Grossman would have killed it in this movie. <laughs> yeah, but you can't cuss out Barbie. You absolutely can. Absolutely. He can say some shit bombs in there. Plenty of shit bombs. I don't know. I think that the only people that can pick on Barbie were those girls at that school who I think like low key were supposed to represent the Bratz dolls because they were all kind of, you, do you remember the Bratz doll, like the Barbie competitor with the giant heads? I had heard about uh, the theory that that's what it was. And I think that that's really what they did is just, you know, they're, they're modeled around the Bratz. I just knew Bratz from commercials and it's not like I paid a whole lot of attention to them. I had no idea they were, competitors against barbie i just thought barbie was barbie and brats were brats i didn't think about that stuff when i was a young kid um and because i didn't think about it then i definitely don't think about it now but it's an interesting take it's i like the fact that they brought that up and they they put some some subtleties in there but also for people that have been really big avid barbie fans you get a chance to see like oh cool that's a that's a cool callback like i don't know if you'll notice it but i notice it so it's good. It's a, it's a good callback to that stuff. And uh, I appreciate it. And I like the fact that they have that deeper sense of humor and deeper sense of presentation as opposed to everything just like straight on the nose. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was, it didn't need to be deep at all. I just thought it was hilarious that they basically called her a fascist and made her cry. I, I kind of think that's just real life though. I think they, they add that in as like real life, uh, there's a lot of campiness to this movie, but in reality, the the way that I viewed it, there's a lot of serious takes. And it's like, that's where I found myself really interested. I was like, oh, yeah, this isn't exactly what there's, there's going to be some takeaways from people. There's like, this is just a, a movie about women empowerment. And it, it's not just about that. It's a lot deeper than that. So and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But yeah, it's it's cool. I like the fact that it's deeper than than just uh, face value stuff. But at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that's just right there that you can just appreciate and laugh at and giggle at right off the bat. So when when we got to this part of the movie, we're introduced to a few additional uh, cast members who played a really big part in this. And one of them is America, uh, America Ferreira. I thought she was awesome in this movie. You have no thoughts? I, I don't. So many thoughts I, I on Will it's... Ferrell. None on America. I think it was a good cast. I, I honestly don't know if I have enough to say about the supporting Barbie casts. I, I had no problems with it. It just wasn't like, that really impresses me. You know, what, what did impress me is stupidness, but also seriousness that Ken brought to the table and just the, the nuances from the male perspective. So I think for me, going into this, I was thinking this was just going to be like a girl power men are pieces of shit and that's what the whole message was going to be throughout the movie and it kind of is but at the same time you see a little bit more of like yeah 
men are being treated like shit in Barbie land. And the, the guys are just going to be like, so they, they, they pull the flip, right? Because are they being treated just, like shit or are they just, they're not, they're not the focus. So they're sad about that. I would say they're, they're treated like shit. Cause if you flip that, what, what would a female say if you were marginalized and not being focused on? Well, you would say that to, you'd be treated like shit. Welcome to America. Exactly. Right. So that's why I think that that's that's a fair statement. I, I don't uh, this isn't a I'm not trying to get into like a feminist argument or anything like that. I think it's just the truth where it's like they flip the script on uh, they do it very well because there's times where you're thinking like, yeah, it should be Barbie in charge of, of everything. And then there's like you see the perspective of Ken and he's kind of bummed that he can't even he doesn't even know his purpose as a boyfriend, but he it's isn't beach. Well, but yeah, it's deeper than that, right? Because he wants to stay over at, at Barbie's house. He doesn't know what he's going to do there, but he wants to stay over there. He's like, no, sorry, just go ahead and and do that. You know, it's like, hmm, he doesn't know what his purpose is. He can beach really well. He can beach off uh, fantastically and, and he'll beach off anyone. But at the same time, it's uh, I just like the fact that they, they do a little bit more of a, a deeper dive. and. You can get some uh, some different interpretations of the movie and the characters throughout. Thought it was really interesting as they as they they really called out the fact that if you're not if you have no possible ability of like starting a family and you know if sex isn't on the table right due to uh, smooth plastic parts it it like where's the the value of the link up right where's 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 that at and and in this instance they give weakness or perceived weakness due to whatever and physical strength isn't a thing because nobody's got to carry anything they don't even walk upstairs they just elegantly float to the ground and then you get then you get ken going through like ken's dream world the realization that men were in charge and Ken reading about the patriarchy. I, I, I'm not a Gosling fan. I'm not like, he bugs me from the notebook on like, I like crazy, stupid love. I think that's the only movie he's in that I really enjoyed. And it's mostly because of Steve Carell, but I was, I was totally in on this, 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 discovery of the patriarchy and horses for some reason horses were involved and it was it was great i can't imagine what it would be like to to like feel so accepted and so right just walking in the door uh, I want to rewind back to i'll agree with you about ryan gosling i'm not a huge ryan gosling fan um i I really don't seek his movies at all. Uh, My favorite movie with him in it is Remember the Titans. But man, that guy was a complete liability for defense. He could not cover his man whatsoever. He was barely in that movie, though. He was was there. He was there. I remember him. He was there as much as Ethan Suplee was there. All right. Those were all... That was all uh, an ensemble cast that all played 
very important parts. Yes. And he helps Petey get his spot. So mm-hmm. it, it's I think it's just uh um uh, for Ryan Gosling in this movie, I thought he was just too old to be Ken, but holy shit, that guy is ripped. That I was I was has... like mad at how ripped he was almost. I was like, is that what it when when you're more ripped than John Cena in the movie, I'm just a little worried. Is he okay? He has deeper cut abs. Like you needed to chisel those out of stone because good God. So kudos to him and his uh, steroid, ret- I mean, workout routine. But and there's so uh, yeah. much tea going on there. There's so <laughs> much tea because he's, you said it, he's not that young, but that guy was taken. Do you know why he's so obsessed with horses? He was taking horse-sized testosterone pills to get his body to just process in that way. HGH, baby. Oh, H-G-H. man, the, the clear and the cream all going on at the Gosselin household. <laughs> Allegedly. We're not Allegedly. saying that he does this stuff. We're just saying that one could assume or I mean, at least allege that Ryan Gosling does take some supplemental things to help with his physique. But I thought he did a good job in this movie. I, I thought he played the idiot very well. And he he dug deep in his little Mickey Mouse fun club bag and did some dancing and, and choreography. So I, mean, I enjoyed he is it. the most versatile it. Mouseketeer. I don't know. Brittany does crack. So. So. Um, we haven't talked about the music in this movie yet, and I, I from from the opening, definitely a fan. The wake up song was spot on and good, but then they just kept going and called out popular music a lot. And you're not a huge fan of that, I know, but it it all kind of crested for me at Barbie running through Mattel to Mickey but like a remake and they did a full on Scooby-Doo scene, like different doors, different people, that whole thing. I was a fan. I was like, Oh, they're just giving you things to enjoy from nostalgia everywhere. Did you notice that? Did it stick out to you? Yeah. I had no problem with the music in this movie. The reason why I get mad at popular music and other movies is because it just turns into what is supposed to be a, a strong story or narrative, it just gets cheapened by throwing in like some popular music here because everything is popular. I'm perfectly fine with it because this really is one big long music video. And so I'm, I'm cool with them. Just keep the hits coming. You know what? Put on now what's playing 987 and just hit play. And then you can put that to the back track of uh, the Barbie movie. And they did have fairly good, score throughout the movie too so i appreciated that but on this one no problem with the popular music because it's it's supposed to be a popular type of movie so i'm good with it uh dua lipa i'm a big fan of so she can go ahead and keep keep cranking out the hits because they're all bangers they're all bangers you put it on spotify you'll probably listen to like every single dua lipa song they're just that catchy and she just has a really good voice um, and I was even okay with that Barbie girl remix. Uh, I was hoping for some aqua, but, uh, or yeah. at least, you know, the original aqua song, but I'm okay with that remix, whoever was in it. And, um, yeah, I- I'm, I'm good with it. I, I-, I like I to have a good was, time. I was expecting Barbie girl somewhere. I was disappointed, 
the one thing I wasn't expecting from a music perspective and absolutely loved was the fact that they used an old Matchbox 20 song basically as the anthem for the patriarchy. I will say I despise Matchbox 20. What? I absolutely despise it. Oh, the guy needs to stop. Well, I mean, I don't think he comes out with music anymore. He might do some touring, but uh, Rob Thomas needs to stop being so scared because every song he talked about how scared he was. <laughs> and so um, that's that's Matchbox 20 to me. And like, I don't like songs where it sounds like the guy is just he can't make up his mind between rock and roll or country. So he has this mashup. And so Matchbox 20 fell in that that category. So did Creed. Uh, just really hated their voices, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." But it was funny. I did, I did find it very funny that they just kept on playing that same song over and over on the guitar. Because, let's face it, we probably knew someone in high school or maybe even college that would pop out the guitar and just play a song and the same song over and over again, or at least you know a couple different songs over and over again, and sing along to it just to to pick up girls. But I, I just loved how the lyrics to push absolutely support the patriarchy in the context. Yeah, it's it's it fits right. That's that's another thing that like if it fits in terms of like the tone of what's going on, I'm good with it. Uh, unfortunately, it was a Matchbox 20 song, but yeah, I, I'm I'm OK with them using it. At least I didn't hear Rob Thomas sing it and uh, I would have been just eternally just put into torture if he if he did sing it yeah um yeah no i i I started playing that song for my son he's gonna learn the whole thing it's gonna be great it's gonna be great um and then we get to the absolutely crazy ken took over the barbie world part of the movie (laughs) with the mojo dojo casa house What did you think about that? Like, how, like, were you just kind of like, oh, I'm all for this? Uh, what did you feel uh, if there was any other subcontext within that? What were your thoughts as you're going through that part of the I movie? Just, it, was, it was so funny that they just took all of the male insecurities possible and rolled them into like the same, the same situations. I think that one of the things that stuck out to me as they did all the Ken scenes was how many TVs they added to Barbie's dream house. Like every room had a big screen. And I was just like, oh, I do, I do that. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. And they're like, we're gonna get Blotto Day drum. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a that's definitely a bro thing to do. That is a dude, yeah, dude thing for uh, for TVs everywhere. Um, I say that every now and then. Hell, I want a TV in my office. I I kind of uh, for whenever we do like watch alongs or anything that involves a TV, I'll bring one to my office. And I was like, I should just get one for the office. Oh, of you should. This. You should. That's that's actually like a right offable podcast experience. Yeah. There's one literally like right above my camera, 60 inches of wonder. Let's go. Um, I, when it comes to the them kind of almost just being uber macho then you go back into that whole part of these guys are fucking assholes these guys are pieces of shit this is what happens when you give people 
too much power. And so I, I like the fact that then it goes back to to men being the bad guys, right? Or men being the irresponsible ones. Um, I think anyone with a ton of power is completely irresponsible anyways. So whether they're male or female, uh, I I found myself conflicted at that point in the movie because I'm I'm thinking to myself like, well, yeah, Ken deserves Ken deserves a place to stay. He should have something besides just like laying on the beach somewhere. Why is that the case? Like, why can't he have a house to stay in? So uh, I was like, hmm, which way should I be feeling right now? Should I be feeling sorry for the human aspect of things? Or should I just take this at face value where it's like, okay, now the flip, the script is flipped. Let's just go along for the ride. I Did you have any any issues with that throughout the movie where you're kind of like, oh, I feel for Barbie. I feel for Ken. Like, But at the same time, this could be wrong. This could be right. So I think that there's there's arguments to be had both ways. I think that the the Ken deserves a house thing is okay, but why does it have why does he have to take Barbie's house? Right? Why is there this level of who's important and who's not? And you know, as they introduce the the patriarchy and and the 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 male privilege uh in into this movie, I thought it was done in such a like an interesting and brilliant way to where they just used very basic stupid Ken examples and like flipped the expectation up that Barbie's capability in the movie, regardless, uh, uh, you know, the president, the Nobel prize winner, the whatever, no, you're just going to go get me uh, drinky beers and uh, put on a maid outfit and, and stuff like that. Like, the the expectation of the patriarchy um i think is just as insulting as the well ken's just an accessory um even though that's the point right like when you when you focus on the world that this this movie creates for barbie that was the intent of barbie is to give confidence in the patriarchy right to make little girls not worry about what the men are doing, but that they can raise themselves up and achieve that. And I thought it was, I thought that they showed it in a very interesting way that they gave the point counterpoint and the way that they articulated the explanation of ridiculosity, right? Is when they, when they gave the cognitive dissonance speech that, everybody needed to hear and then they just were like oh that makes sense i don't know why i was listening to him let's take barbie land back it was it was um i think a very interesting way and an impactful way to to broach that subject when i don't know how often it's broached right it's always like this assumptive thing that all girls should feel good about themselves for themselves. But how often do you put that out there for, for everybody to digest and to put it out there with arguably the biggest name in girls only stuff. Right. It was, I thought that that part of the movie and that underlying tone really like, I thought it was done really well. And I didn't give a yeah. shit about Ken being upset. Ken should go beach. 
Yeah. So you were just pro Barbie then? You're just pro Barbie the the whole way. I don't think I was pro Barbie. I think I was anti stupid people revolution. But isn't that kind of what Barbie like the Barbie land matriarchy wasn't that kind of like stupid anyways? I don't think so. I think they had a society that worked. And I think that Ken like lived there, did his thing, and then all of a sudden felt like he he wasn't getting what he wanted. It, it, I don't think that there's like this this necessity for I think Barbies and Kens to connect like that you just let them do their thing, man. And Ken wasn't angry about it until he saw all the other Kens and he had to dick measure with them in his fringe, which we didn't talk about the fringe. The fringe was hilarious. So I, I want to, you would think for, and my apologies to any of the, uh, the listeners or viewers who thought that this was just going to be a, a fun, happy go lucky podcast, but I, I love to take these types of movies and and kind of just do my own critical analysis on it just because I feel like there is a, a little bit of room for interpretation to where you can have this as a more serious plot point, but also still problematic with whatever type of society that comes up uh, in the movie, whether it's Barbie Land or whether it's Mojo Dojo taco loco whatever the hell that that ken called it right Mojo um, Dojo casa house buddy if you have it one way there's problems if you have it another way it's problems if you have them living in their own separate um factions they're problems right because it's it's one of those things the one thing i didn't really get a whole lot of and maybe this is just something that i was expecting was more unity between the Kens and the Barbies and even Alan, right? Like they sort of said that at the end of the movie, right? Where it's like Ken can be Ken and Barbie can be Barbie and Alan can be Alan. But I felt like it's still very segregated as to how they could still all continue to live together. Um, So maybe that's just maybe me being who I am, not, you know, technically a minority, but depending on who you talk to majority uh, so it's like I, I felt like there was still that level of segregation, not just by sex, but also by class and also by interest. And so I found that that very interesting. And so I, I was like, huh, this movie's a little bit deeper or could be interpreted a little bit deeper. I'm sure there's some people that are out there. It's like, fuck that. That's just it, this movie's all about fashion and having a good time and and girl power or, or whatever. Right. So that that. They can certainly take that interpretation of it, but I kind of like mine to where there's still problems and none of those problems really truly get solved. They just kind of are left there hanging. Yeah. I, I think that the resolution was a, was an agreement to move forward. Right. The, uh, um, a re- the resolution was an education on both sides because the Ken revolution was just because they wanted to, right? It was there was no benefit. <laughs> Q Bono, right? Or K Bono. Nobody fucking bonos. Uh, Ken, who's a moron. Is he is he a moron? Oh, 
I think it's well documented. Or that, is he that, just has he just been held down and that is his expectation? And so no one has ever given him the opportunity to do so. I don't know. There's I, I think that one can, here's the thing. I don't give a shit about Ken or Barbies in general, <laughs> but I I'm going to, you know, kind of poke the bear on that just to be like, is there is this really just like was there a resolution and did people really learn things or was it just like, yeah, you know what? That was pretty bad. Uh, let's go back to the way that it was before, but we'll kind of have some understanding to to each party. Yeah, let's just go back to the way things were before. <laughs> so basically, you're standing up for blonde fragility is what you're telling me. No, I'm saying that there's still a problem with uh, segregation amongst the the Kens, the Barbies, and and the different classes of such. Mm-hmm. But that's just my interpretation of it because I didn't want to go into this movie where it's just mindless. And I thought Greta Gerwig did a fantastic job of letting us be able to, as an audience, be able to interpret this and take this as we could because there's a lot of movies that. It's just black and white. Good guy, bad guy, done. But here's a lot of, uh, in my opinion, there's a lot of gray area where you can you can have fun with this movie and kind of go into a deep rabbit hole and just be like, huh, if you look at it this way, this is where Ken is right or Ken is wrong or Barbie's right or Barbie's wrong. You know, I, I like that. I like that about the movie. Yeah. I, I, I also, speaking of things we liked, right? And the way that they tied this up with um, with bringing uh, Ruth Handler into it, or my favorite, like I I saw it was Rhea Perlman, and I was like, "This is gonna be awesome!" <laughs> yeah, because I she, can't she's think of such a, she's such a sweet old lady, right? <laughs> I can't think of a movie that she's been in that I've seen that I haven't loved. I also can't think of the last movie I saw her in, but me neither. I just remember her from like Matilda and basically the eighties. I just remember for cheers. That's it. That's all. I mean, isn't that enough though? Oh, but um, when they showed her at first, like they didn't give an idea. Will, Will Ferrell had a drop in line of, Oh yeah. Her ghost has a, has a, has a office on the 17th floor and they put them together and really get the interpretation of the 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 intent behind Barbie, and then she becomes a real boy. Basically, they Pinocchio this shit. It's a good story. It really is a good story, and some some feel good moments just because you have some of the nostalgia there. Uh, yeah, I I dig it. I'm I'm perfectly fine with with Rhea Perlman in there. I, I I don't know if you know. I think that's definitely more effective to have her in that role as opposed to you know like Helen Mirren or something where she's like the the older version of Barbie where she was just trying to like maintain her youth or something that could have also been another interesting take as to like yeah I created Barbie so that way you know it's an extension of me so I could stay young forever but that's not the case and and so but I, I like this the direction that they took but there's a lot of room that they could have gone either way for for the movie and uh just deep, deep in my opinion. And there's not too many movies nowadays that I can say that are deep or could at least have multiple ways to interpret. But uh, I want to talk about Alan. So Michael Sarah is Alan. 
Um, in the notes of this outline, you, you mentioned something that all of NSYNC is an Allen. Um, go into that a little bit more. I'm curious to Dude, hear your take you, on that. You mentioned it a little bit, right? Where they were just talking about Allen being different and off. Allen in the fight scene. Allen killed a bunch of people. Like, <laughs> and and that that line that he just drops randomly in there that all of NSYNC is an Allen. I thought was hilarious and it just kind of encapsulated what they did. And, and to your point, right, this really smart writing that went into this, where they took all of these different characters, they touched the entire catalog, right? They had everything from pregnant Barbie, which again, I, I I'm kind of the, the very few places they used it was hilarious. When Will Ferrell was scared of pregnant Barbie, it just got me. Um, but the, the Allen thing was just so strong. And I can't think of a better actor for them to use either. Except for Lance Bass. I would say, you know, um, McLovin might have been a, a good one. Christopher Mintz-Plas. Uh, that, that could have been a nice Allen, too. But uh, yeah, Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah is so versatile. I think he's underappreciated about how versatile he is. Uh, one of my favorite roles is uh, the drug-induced version of Michael Sarah in uh, uh, "This Is the End" with like that movie Jonah is Hill so underrated, so funny, so funny. But the fact that he's like doing hooker, doing hookers like in the bathroom and and coke with him and everything, he's just like out of control, and everyone knows like. Oh, Michael Sarah's out of control. I'm not going to hang out with that guy. And it's just like the complete opposite. By Rihanna. Yeah, just the complete opposite of what you think he is. And, and here it is again in this movie. He plays the the friend to Ken and he just goes berserk and starts kung fuing the hell out of everyone. And I just mean, bodies are just laying on there on the highway. So funny. Much like I did not expect Shang-Chi to dance, I did not expect Michael Shara. Sarah to Kung Fu. The guy's got range, man. The guy's got range. The guy's um, got more range than growing up Skipper. I mean, so crazy. So Skipper, I remember from back in the day, like I said, it's I since I wasn't a connoisseur of Barbies, um, I have no really no skin in the game for any of these characters. And and neither did I really imp- appreciate it as much as probably some of the the others out there who were Barbie connoisseurs or who had collected Barbies. Um, I mean, what's so special about Skipper? It's it's her like kid sister, right? I, I think it's her cousin or something. I just thought it was funny that they called out all of the ridiculous Barbie stuff like sugar daddy Ken and raise my <laughs> arms and my boobs grow Skipper. Like that was yeah, that is all these, all crazy. these, all these like swings and misses that they made that they made fun of was was pretty great earring magic ken all these all these things <laughs> the 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 john cena character right the ken is a mermaid thing is is solid it was really solid so we had we had a we had a listener that specifically asked some questions that she wanted answered so um shout out to courtney who specifically um asked if if you played with barbies when you were a kid and it sounds like that answer is a big no i think i came into contact with a barbie once and uh 
I'm pretty sure I just tossed it off to the side and like tried to look for some other toys. So you you yeah. it did not it did not adequately represent the patriarch. So you got rid of it. I just it, it didn't interest me whatsoever. I wanted GI Joes or at least some type of action figure and uh, the Barbie that which was probably you know probably like the Barbie and um in Toy Story three with like the leggings and everything. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just didn't have an interest. So sorry, sorry, Courtney. So as a as a young man, uh, um, totally on the on the the action figures, whether it be He Man or Ninja Turtles, Thundercats, all those great eighties cartoons. Uh, no Barbies, no Barbies until my like younger sisters came along. So I was already like a teenager at that point and was not, it was, it was like, they were just laying around. They were not part of my toy repertoire. Barbie didn't have an X-wing. Not cool enough. Yeah. Yeah. If Barbie didn't have an M60, I probably wasn't going to play with Barbie. So, so if you were a Barbie, what Barbie would you be and why? Uh, like a like a legitimate Barbie, like Barbie, not Ken. I mean, the answer can be anything, right? Because we're all just Let, let's living just in a Bar- Barbie world. We'll go with Barbie. Um, I would be cosplay Barbie. That's what I would be. I would be cosplay Barbie, and my there would be multiple outfits of what you can wear to different different comic conventions. So. That way you can have like, you know, an Avengers outfit. You can have a spooky, scary outfit and and probably throw in one of those weird anime outfits, too. And then there you go. Cosplay Barbie. That's what I would want to (laughs) be. Wow. That's a deep and very telling answer. And those of us, those of you that keep up on our Instagram, you can see Cosplay Barbie doing interviews and just out there talking to people. Cosplay Barbie, man of the people. Yeah. Part-time Avenger does wear a wig, uh, a blonde wig. So maybe it is. Maybe I am just like a, a real-life cosplay Barbie. Dude, you're a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Let's go party. My my answer to this is um, I have no idea. And I'm not as sharp as you to come up with my own special Barbie. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing. But if somehow somebody could teach me the ways of the Ken abs, I'd be all into that. But I don't think I have the capacity to take that much uh, uh, testosterone and steroids or do that many like sit ups. So uh, so besides cosplay Barbie, you just sparked an idea from me um, or for me. And it would have to be executive chef Barbie where executive chef Barbie, (laughs) just pretentious as fuck. And (laughs) it, it comes with. Uh, the executive chef Barbie comes with like a voice box where you just it, it yells out yes chef and hands chef just just shit from the bear right so all oh, the, the dialogue for the bear just stuff that you can say and um also some random band-aids in case you cut your fingers while chopping vegetables and then there you go executive chef Barbie 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 with less than a it's just bald <laughs> Yeah, uh, kitchen injury, Barbie. Uh, wow. Good stuff. Wow. Oh man. So, before we ask the most important question, there's one more thing that I think we can touch on uh, that was that was kind of an ask um, here, and, and that's when you went into this movie, and now that you've seen it, did you think that this was just a chick flick, 
or do you feel like it is a it is a quality time spent movie would you i mean you took your sons to this movie and i'm assuming it wasn't only at the behest of your wife it totally was um but (laughs) but i mean i don't think i was i didn't think it was going to be a in quotes girl movie right i think there would be plenty of nods to barbie and and they absolutely did that. Right. And it was, it was really, uh, it was really interesting for me as someone who's never, you know, I've never even dipped a toe in the Barbie pool at all. (laughs) So uh, I I found it interesting. I didn't think it was a girl movie. Um, I did at certain times think that this was just going to go full bore girl power. Girls are the best men suck. They're scum. Just we're, we're the forces of nature. Um, but like I said, maybe it's because I wanted to see this because I just didn't want to walk out of that movie thinking that it was just all girl power, but because I saw some of those ways to interpret it, I thought this would be a good movie for anyone to watch. And, uh, yeah, I'll stay with that, that sentiment thinking like, yeah, it's not just, you know, under the social constructs of society, it's not a girl movie. It's not a boy movie. It's just a movie and it's your choice to see it. What about you? I, I saw this. I saw this in theaters because you already went and said, <laughs> we're going to do this for the podcast. Right. And I saw the opening weekend numbers on it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And I'd already gone to see like Oppenheimer thinking I'll get Dan to go see Oppenheimer and we'll do. We'll talk about that. Um, So I did. And my wife had already gone to see it. She went with her sister and her aunt who hit us up on uh, uh, Instagram live shout out Connie uh, uh, saying you need to review Barbie. Um, so the pressure was there to get me to go see it. Um, not because I thought it was for girls or for boys, but because I had the level of interest that I have in seeing the second twilight movie uh, in it. And um, <laughs> I, I, I will say after seeing it, I think that this was probably one of the better movies I've seen all year. I think that, it doesn't have a, a, to your point, like a single sex connotation to it. I just think it's it's just a fun movie and a way to to really look at a social construct through a different lens. I think, and, and kind of going back to uh, to your viewing of the movie. So, was your wife pissed? Like, wait, you are gonna review Barbie and you're going to see Barbie by yourself? Like, why didn't you just go with me? Like, was she mad about no, no, that no. at all? I I was childcare when she went to see Barbie. I okay. was not invited or included in uh. that solely for the solely for the reason that I I would be the the negative commentary on the way there and in preparation for the uh, the the movie to play. So. But how dare you think that Mark would have been a, a negative Nancy about uh, some yeah. of the commentary on that? How dare you? How sexist, the case? how sexist is that? Oh, so sexist. God. I, you are just a Ken, Mark. This is this is what I, it, this I movie, do. All I do is beach, bro. I'm all disgusted. I do is beach. Disgusted. Absolutely disgusted. <laughs> So before we uh, before we sign off here, I've got a question for you, Mark. When it comes to the movie Barbie, can you do this all day? 
I walked out of that movie absolutely shocked at how much I really enjoyed it, how much there were so many drop-ins that made me laugh. I was the person that was laughing probably inappropriately loud at things in the movie. Um, So I would watch this movie again and do feel that it is a very strong and, 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 and worthwhile message to continue to learn from, from just that. So yeah, no, I, I, it, this is, this is a, this is an all day for me. I'm shocked that it is uh, in hindsight, <laughs> but um, this might be the best movie I've seen all year just because it was fun. I've got a feeling that your take may be different. So uh, live from your Mojo Dojo Casa house, can you do this movie all day? In my testosterone-filled rage right now, um, I am going back and forth on this. Uh, because on on my personal algorithm of movies, right, you have nostalgia there. Even though I wasn't a, I didn't play with Barbies or anything like that, there's a lot of things that just reminded me of the 80s and obviously like commercials and and girls in my class when I was younger that would talk about Barbies, right? So there's a lot of nostalgia there. Um, same thing with like the music, right? And it's funny. There's some action in it. Uh, I am contrary to, to popular belief. I, I am a fan of the arts. So I, I do appreciate like some of the dancing and stuff. Um, so it's, it's from a talent perspective and on paper, it seems like, wow, this is going to go pretty far and it should qualify under the the necessary criteria but there is i'm kind of going back and forth on the repeat watching right because i there's the movie in my opinion for my interpretation of it different ways that you can interpret it um but would it just be repeat watchings just to see if i'm right or because I actually enjoy the movie. So to, to give this the, the for sure, I can do this all day rating, I, I don't know. So I'm actually still on the fence about it. But I'm kind of teetering. Uh, more of it's leaning towards I can do this all day, but it's probably just maybe a few steps ahead of I can do this all day. So I'm going to say yes, of- but it's not you know, it's not the highest of, you know, I'm not watching this every year. Right. But I'll watch it again for sure. Dude, just think of Alan and nod your head. Yes. Like be honest. It's funny. It's got some good stuff in it, but like I said, to, to give this a true, I can do this all day rating. It's not like I'm, I'm dying to see it again. Right. It's not like once it comes to streaming, like, Hey, we're going to make a movie night. This is what we're going to watch. I'm going to watch it again. If my wife wants to, and uh, I won't have any problems with watching it. So uh, I just in context, has there been anything this year that's come out that you're like, I have to watch this again immediately? Absolutely. John Wick four Guardians of the Galaxy three. Those are the two strongest ones. I, I do want to catch up on Guardians. I have not. I'm not in the Wick verse. You haven't forced me so to do good. that yet. You haven't yeah. forced I, me. I, to do I, both of those movies I've seen multiple times in different states. So I I am a John Wick fan. I'm a Guardians of the Galaxy fan. Um, 
the other movies that I've seen multiple times this year have all been retro rewind worthy. So nothing that's brand new in the theaters. Yeah, this was this was strong, though. This that's was a solid movie. Solid I, movie. I, so to, to make sure that it, everyone's clear, I can do this all day, but I'm not saying I'm going to like ride or die for Barbie. This is just it's a solid, solid movie. I think for you, that's a big step. And I think the audience would agree. So uh, we talked about if we can do this all day, we got two pretty good endorsements for the movie for Barbie. Uh, But I wanted to give some special shout outs. uh, And and you had mentioned before that we went live the other day. So uh, also want to give a shout out to Dan 21, Danny Boy Cosplays. Uh, They also joined in on the live. And of course, my wife also joined in on the live. And by the way, she also left the first out of everyone she was just like fuck this i'm out of here so maybe not shout out for my wife but um for our instagram and tiktok we did post a a couple of fun interviews Uh, i went to the tampa bay comic con and uh did a few interviews with some people so just want to give a shout out to lily button Manyverse, just jay cosplay and demetrius uh really great interviews if you haven't seen them Go on to our socials, whether it's on TikTok or Instagram, check them out. And I have also posted some of them on our YouTube channel. But that's it, folks. We got a chance to dive into the matriarchy and patriarchy and the flat out fun of Barbie. But until next time, I'm Dan, the part-time Avenger. That's Mark, the resident Shredder. Don't forget to check out those, those social loops. Like, subscribe, comment. Uh, check out their awesome costumes. And all of Dan's looks from the Comic-Con, which were all super tight. Have a good one, everyone.